Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. It's Beamaz and Beamer. News Radio 930 WBEN. Did Joe plant this song? Don't you forget about me just because I haven't been sitting next to you for the last three days. I won't forget about you, Joe. He'll, uh, you'll hear from him in an hour or so. He's in for David again today. You're stuck with me for the next hour. Beamaz and Beamer on WBEN. Thanks for being with me. Great to have you here on a Friday. It looks great outside. I could not believe driving out. Um, I was like stunned. And I shouldn't be, but it did not rain, or if it did rain hard, I kind of slept through it. I was stunned at the amount of leaves all over the roads uh, this morning when I was uh, driving into work very early. I mean, just a little bit of rain, a little bit of wind. I didn't really hear it that much last night, so I don't think it was that bad in the NT area. But it knocked down everything. We've been talking for weeks about how these leaves are still on the trees, and not anymore, right? Uh, not anymore, because they were down. I've never driven through that many leaves uh, before this morning on my way in to work. It was incredible. So most of them are down. Uh, get them. I like to mulch over my leaves. I don't know what anyone, and we're going to kind of take your calls on this and uh, that and anything else this morning. Uh, not anything else. That's a lie. But uh, if you want to give me your idea, am I a jerk for mulching the leaves? I don't have any. I raking and putting them on the side of the street where they sit for forever, or bagging them up and doing something else. I don't have time for that generally. I have to do enough of that on the driveway area. We, we have a humongous like kind of driveway area where. I'm using the push broom. I'm gathering the leaves. I'm doing that. When it comes to the grass, I, I just run the lawnmower over it. We don't. I don't think we have too much on uh, our lawn right now. Not too many. Uh, most of it kind of falls on the driveway. But when they are on the lawn, it's just mulching over anytime. And sometimes I do kind of wonder because we'll uh, take turns with the neighbor in our front yard where, you know, I'll mow his front yard. Sometimes he'll mow mine, and we'll go kind of back and forth like that. I just mulch them all up. Any leaves on there? Chop up fine pieces. Maybe you'll get uh, greener grass next spring. That's that's how it works, right? Sixth grade science. Replenish the earth, something like that. Mulch some leaves in there. It doesn't look at uh, by the time the snow melts. You don't you don't see that stuff as long as you get to them all before the snow comes down. 
So, you know, that's that's my strategy, at least for him. A lot of people are going to have to do a lot of mulching. I don't know if I'd be able to do it, actually, if I was in some of these uh, places that are getting all the leaves. You might have to pull the rake out and get everything going because there were a ton of them throughout the morning. Um, earlier this morning, we spoke with, uh, you know, what's in the news. This uh, today, tomorrow, this weekend, first weekend since the borders reopened, allowing Canadians, vaccinated Canadians, so not all Canadians, but people who have gotten the vaccine into the U.S. The U.S. border is open. Someone chiming in, golf courses mulch them so I can't too. Perfect. I'll take that. 803-0930 on our Volkswagen Vorch Park text board. Give us a call this morning. Uh, but th- this is going to be a big test because if there was ever a time for Canadians to leisurely travel into the U.S. and see if it actually will pay off with that testing requirement still in place in Canada, it's this weekend. Connor McDavid, the Edmonton Oilers, are in town tonight, and the Toronto Maple Leafs are in town tomorrow. I mean, if there's ever two games to be held downtown at the arena that attract a lot of Canadians, those are it, and they're happening back-to-back days less than a week after the border reopens. So we'll see what happens. My guess is, with that testing requirement, ah, you're not going to see that much of a... If people want to go see it, do you want to pay an extra $100 on top uh, per head on top of whatever you're paying for the night to be able to cross the border just to get that test on the way back? I don't think that's happening in uh, any sort of big number. Unfortunately, it's too bad. But if you listen to Jim uh, Diodati, mayor of Niagara Falls, Ontario, he joined us earlier this morning. I thought uh, it was a fantastic interview, kind of laying out all the reasons he misses coming into the U.S. He kind of sounds like he wants to move here. I don't blame him. You know, we'd, we'd take you, Jim. I, you know, we're, I don't want to say we're better, but he mentioned, you know, I think he mentioned cereal. Cereal tasting better here in the U.S.? Some of the shopping experiences? The football's better here in the U.S.? Everything but hockey's in center and left backs in soccer. I think we do better here in the U.S. So, you know, come over. We'll take you. Uh, But he was talking a lot about when he expects that testing requirement to end. He said it could happen this month if he's reading the tea leaves the right way. And, you know, a lot of this is anybody's guess. He says that could happen soon. I really hope it does. But I do want to, you know, once again kind of focus on this. And I don't want to let slide what's happened over the last almost two years. Because this, I I, I think we have an answer, but it deserves more of an answer than what we've got. And I brought this up to Jim. I also brought this up to Rick Klein, ABC News political director, who joined us earlier this morning, that... There's never been any explanation, or I should say any good explanation, for why the border was closed for so long. And think about how this was implemented. Right, The border wasn't just, you know, closed off, period, that's it. Right, If you lived in Toronto, you could get on a plane and fly to anywhere in the U.S., You know, pick up uh, everything, go to an airport, packed with people, hop on a plane, fly to anywhere in the U.S., and that was A-OK. Drive by yourself in a car over the Peace Bridge? Whoa, way too dangerous. This was going on for almost two years, since March of 2020. 
So it didn't make any sense. And there was no real idea. There was never anything given of, okay, when can we reopen the border? You know, think back to when the vaccines came out. All right, hey, vaccines are here. Can we open the border for people to cross? Uh, even if they prove vaccination? Well, yeah, maybe we'll see. Well, it never happened. Hey, like uh, 60%, 70% of people have all taken the vaccine. Can we open up this border for people to cross? Eventually, Canada said, yeah, okay, we open up the border. I still have to show a negative test, and you have to be vaccinated. A little redundant. Still doesn't really make complete sense. Over here on our side of things, still, eh, no. So what was the reasoning for that? I've mentioned this a couple times. Congressman Higgins said this week, We never received justification for why the border remained closed for so long. And if he's not getting answers from the Biden administration, who will? If the congressman who is in the same party and who's, you know, a pretty senior member of Congress at this point is not going to get answers from the administration of the same party who represents a significant border town, his entire district. I mean, from Niagara Falls to Buffalo and downward. I mean, it's a border community. If he's not getting the answers, are we going to expect to get any clear answer anytime soon? I'm really not. I mean, think about this. It's not just the planes, but it's the idea. Okay, the border is reopened November 8th. Not November 1st, still too dangerous. Not October 8th, still too dangerous. What changed November 8th? Literally nothing. But now, okay, yeah, come on over. You don't need a test or anything like that. You do need to show proof of vaccination, but yeah, come on over. None of it makes sense. And these are the types of things that, listen, people can see through it, right? We talk about the mask in the restaurant, right? You have to wear a mask in the restaurant. No, not when you're eating or sitting or talking or doing anything like that. But when you walk from the door frame to your seat and take those 10 steps, you have to wear a mask. And that's, everyone starts to go, well, wait a second. Wait, this doesn't make any sense. What are we doing here? This is another thing, right? It's so nonsensical. You're explaining it by the general non-explanation of, well, it's for safety because of COVID and uh, infection rates and, you know, whatever buzzword you throw out. This is the kind of policy that people look at and say, hey, what's going on here? This doesn't make sense. What else doesn't make sense? What are we doing here? And why am I listening to anything that's being said if we're missing the mark so much in this area? Now, um, we mentioned Congressman Higgins. He said, and I'm uh, going to go to a blog actually written by Michael Tracy. Uh, Congressman Higgins said that the administration relented due to political pressure. And this Michael Tracy online, he points out, well, okay, political pressure. What would have happened if if there wasn't any political pressure? If there wasn't political pressure, I thought that this was supposed to be a public health measure that was completely separated from politics, right? Isn't that how it's supposed to go? If it's something for public health, 
It's not political. The two should have nothing to do with each other. And now that we're admitting it's only pressure politically that's causing us to reopen this border, which was something that was put in place because of COVID, what is that doing to the interpretation of all the other restrictions that you've had in place for so long? It's not helping yourself out whatsoever, right? So uh, these questions are all still standing. And and why I uh, mentioned this blog is he put uh, this Michael Tracy, he wrote toward the end about how little attention this is getting. And this is where I think he makes a great point, but it's also not entirely true. And and I'll explain why. Because he's uh, pointing out that the media has ignored the issue of the border. And he's comparing that to something we've mentioned a couple times this week, over the past week, to the amount of attention that Aaron Rodgers has gotten over the past week. And basically what he said, I'll just read verbatim, this is from Michael Tracy's blog. What's more consequential? Whether Aaron Rodgers personally chooses to get vaccinated, which is what everybody in the national media has been talking about, or whether faceless government agencies impose nonsensical policies for months on end that affect millions of people without bothering to justify what they're doing. And I think that kind of sums it up, why this is an important issue, right? You don't know who to point the finger at. Uh, You can, of course, point it all the way to the top because at the end of the day, it is the president who makes this decision. It's true under Trump. It's true under Biden. He can unilaterally change that. It's an executive order. But this is happening for months. It affects millions of people. And there's no justification on why the policy continues, even after everyone would say it makes no sense. And even think about this. This is focusing solely on the American side. But think about this on the Canadian side. They have this testing requirement. They are advertising to Canadians who are about to cross the border into the U.S. and who will need a negative test coming back, think about it this way. You're a Canadian. You want to go see the Leafs play in Buffalo tomorrow. You're up in Toronto. You can get that test today. Get your COVID test. Drive over here. Go to the game. Go back to Canada and show that same test that you took while you're in Canada to get back into your country. The idea of the test is, oh, dirty Americans, so much COVID. You're going to go over there and get COVID and bring it back. (laughs) Meanwhile, you're going off the test that was taken before you even made the trip. And that's perfectly allowed. So these things are nonsensical and there's no justification for them. And here's where I will disagree a little bit with Michael Tracy. While it's completely true in the national media, you have heard such little over the course of the last 20 months about the border, about the closure and the impact that it's had, not just here in Western New York, but across border communities and cities, um, you know, in the U.S. and Canada, and even going down the U.S. and Mexico. Uh, Across the board, it has been ignored. It has not been ignored in those cities, though. And here's where I'll stick up for us. We have been asking this question. We have been saying, what sense does it make? Where does this end? For the last 20 months, 
every single time this was extended. Why? Every single time. Where is the end? Where is the goalpost? I mean, you can't say they moved the goalposts on this because they never put them in place to begin with. So we've been asking this question over and over and over again. Now, have we gotten an answer? Much like Congressman Higgins has said, we never did receive justification on why the border remained closed for so long. But that in and of itself, I think, is all the answer that you need. There comes a point where you keep asking the question and asking the question and asking the question. And over a year, you're still asking the question. And there's no answer. There's not even really an attempt at an answer. A couple of cliches for security and safety and spread and that gets thrown. That's not a real answer. So when you go long enough asking the question and there's no attempt by the administration to have an answer, I think you have your answer. The question is the answer. Like it's, it's like Jeopardy. The question turns out to be the answer in that there is none. And whether or not they forgot about it, it was not high on their priority list, or wanted to keep it closed for who knows what reason, to me the rationale behind it doesn't matter as much as it doesn't make sense, it was held in place for nearly two years, and there is a refusal to explain any idea why. There's your answer. And that's the information that you kind of take with you and do with it what you will, right? I mean, do you really need someone from the Biden administration to come out and say, all right, you know, a lot of you, you've been asking the question, well, here's the reason why. Because at this point, they're, you know, look at it. Whether it's the flights, whether it's the date, there is no good reason why to keep the border closed for so long. Especially if when you're opening it, you're only doing it for people who have gotten the vaccine. There is no answer you're going to get that's going to satisfy your question. So by saying that, you have your answer. And you should have by now made up your mind, okay, the Trump administration and the Biden administration on the issue of reopening the border and paying attention to areas like Niagara Falls, Buffalo, and every other border community across the U.S., that's an F. If you're doing the grade, there wasn't an answer. There's nothing that satisfies uh, my need for a justification on why millions of people can be impacted by this decision. By not getting an answer, you've got your answer, and now it's up to you to figure out what you do with it. It's a, a lot of times, you know, we can get criticized here. Oh, push back harder on, you know, somebody who's being interviewed. Why aren't you bringing up this or that? And I will, you know, often think to myself, I, I don't really say it out loud that much, but that, that's not my job, uh, 100%, is to be combative toward people the job is to get the answer out of them and then it's your job to figure out by you asking the question of me of why aren't you hitting them over the head with this this or that I think you've answered the question yourself you know what you think of their answer 
So, you know, it does no good to create a performance out of it. You have your answer. You know how you think. And now it's up to you to figure out what to do with it. But the, that's the border. I mean, it's not going to get enough attention. It's like what I uh, brought up. People aren't going to want to talk about it now, especially because it's been open. And generally speaking, we like to move forward. We like to look at, you know, all right, we're making some progress here. Now let's make a little bit more progress. No testing. And, you know, let's open this a little bit further, get people moving back and forth. I don't want to dwell on the past. I think this is an area where you might want to dwell on the past. And just remember, you never did receive justification on why the border remained closed for nearly two years. For the first six months, I think a lot of people would say, yeah, I could, I could see why. After that, I don't know. <laughs> the last 10 months of it? There is certainly uh, uh, no uh, justification given, at least publicly. Anyways, that's that on the border. I, I had this conversation with Howard Simon down the hall yesterday. Several once in a while, he'll uh, walk in here and say, oh, what are you talking about today? Let me sit in on the show. And then I'll try and uh, think of the worst thing to bore him with of why he wouldn't want to do that. And yesterday he said, what are you talking about? What are you having for dinner? And I thought about this for a second. I thought about this today because last night I made a pizza. And I could, I'm going to eat pizza again tonight. I'm very excited. I'm all uh, dressed up. I'm all ready to go. USA, Mexico, going to have a party later on tonight. Watch the soccer game. Hopefully not be disappointed. I'm going to have pizza again tonight. I could eat pizza every night for a week straight and not be bothered by it whatsoever. I could eat plain chicken on plain salad and have it for a week straight and not be bothered by it whatsoever my wife thinks i'm super weird and so did howard i don't think that's all that strange i want to know if you think i'm weird i'll take your call it's 803-0930 if you're on hold you want to talk about the border we'll take your call too after the break you're listening to bmas and beamer on wben it's bmas and beamer news radio 930 wben Back here on BMAZ and Beamer, thanks for being with me. Uh, did start off talking a little bit about the Canadian border reopening in, you know, some ways, still very limited, but some of the reasons behind the closure that are still not answered, and by that, I think you have your answer. Let's go over to Linda. Linda's on the other side of the border in St. Catharines. Thanks for being on with us, Linda. How are you doing today? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Not bad. What's on your mind? Great. Well, I... Think like uh, I don't know for sure, but uh, it seems that if the Canada-U.S. border was going to be open, uh, you know, early on, um, they would have had to do the same with the U.S.-Mexico border. So whatever, uh, like, so I think that the U.S.-Mexico border was more of a challenge. So then if, like, you know what I mean, like if they were going to open up. Yeah, Linda, I um, that was actually one of the very few explanations given. And I, I look at that and just say, you know, please, come on. You, it's impossible for you to make a separate policy on the border between the U.S. and Mexico and the border between the U.S. and Canada. That is, I mean, that's foolish for me to expect to believe that 
Well, they were they were also doing. Uh, um, they were trying to. I guess um, I'm just you know an ordinary person, but the um, I guess they were they were looking at the COVID rates, the U.S. Uh, versus Canada, and who knows how they were you know manipulating the statistics and so forth. But um, yeah, it didn't really make sense in a lot of ways because then truckers that had to go from U.S. to Canada, what they were trying to do, at, you know, for a while there, was to have different uh, drivers to, uh, you know, like replace the the uh, drivers on the U.S. side to replace them with uh, drivers from Canada. And so that did not work. So then, you know, because of uh, the commerce and everything, the the uh, truckers, they were, you know, coming back and forth, uh, you know, between the two countries. So, yeah, I agree. It didn't really make that much sense. But I, it's my understanding, and I have, you know, that the, it was the, the Mexico-U.S. Uh, that was more... Uh, more of a concern and so i guess they had to do for one like they do for the other so yeah linda hey i appreciate the call and you know that listen that was one of the explanations given i just you know i think it's it is it is what it is it's it's a word that i don't know if you can really say um but you know to to have me to believe you can't possibly have a different policy for your canadian border as you do for the mexican border is you know i just come on <laughs> you know sure you can <laughs> you, of course you can um you just do it and you know for some reason it just had to be a, all one big I, I it doesn't make sense i the i think the end result of this where we are right now and the entire ordeal we've been through over the past 20 months is that, you know, basically, listen, you you have your answer. We didn't get an answer, but you have enough information with a government that has imposed a policy that does not make sense when you look at it. It affects millions of people, and they never felt the need to clearly justify the reason for it. And that, to me, is all the information that I need. You know, I don't need an answer anymore. I needed an answer back in July of 2020, right, or August or the summer or something like that. That's when I needed an answer. As the months go on, I got my answer. I don't need it anymore. It's like so many other things in life. You, you look for a clear answer to a question. It never comes. And after time, the clarity just comes to you through other things, right? The clarity is in that. It's in that statement that this policy that doesn't seem to make sense, not just to you, not just to you and people who think like you, but across both political parties, to many people who are just, you know, kind of looking at the situation. But it remained in place for nearly two years, impacting millions of people and businesses, and the answer is you never got an answer why. And there's the information. 
it's the information that you need to say at the end of the day, you know, I feel this way or that way on it. I, I mean, that that's what happened. And now we're going to open it up, right? Somebody is just chiming in. Clarity is in what's not said. I, there, there you go. 803-0930 if you want to weigh in. A Volkswagen of Orchard Park text border by uh, giving us a call. I, there you have your clarity. I mean, that's what happened. And you know what to think of it. And now the next time you go to vote, the next time you go to you know do anything, the next time you think about some of the other mandates, the next time you do any number of things, you have your answer in your head. It doesn't make sense. And they don't care enough about me or anybody else who it impacts to give me a straight answer. I mean, that's, that's enough. Clarity is in what's not said. Thank you to the uh, texter who sent that in on our Volkswagen of Orchard Park text board. By the way, my other uh, you know, uh, thing that I'm trying to figure out today, somebody mentioned pizza. I could have that every day for the rest of my life and still be happy about it. I could do that too, but I could do, I, I'm not saying the rest of my life. I'm just saying on a day-to-day basis. I could make a whole bunch of chicken on a Sunday night, have a, a couple of bags of lettuce, have it, right? Plain, no dressing whatsoever, not dressed up, just plain everything. I would be perfectly happy for it. I'm the type of person, if I like something, I can just have it for, now I'm not going to be happy if I have to have it for the rest of my life, but like a week, a week and a half, I could do that. It drives my wife crazy. She can't do it. I say, I'm so simple. And she says, that's the problem. You never have any bright ideas for dinner. I, I want something else. I need a little flavor. I need a little spice in my meals. I say, have at it. I'll eat it. You know, I don't care. I don't need to eat the same thing. I just, you know, that's what I uh, what I had. Um, let's go over to David on a cell phone. David, you're on WBEN. Thanks for being with us. What's on your mind? Uh, I just, uh, I'm on my way home. I, uh, I drive truck as a, more or less as a hobby. But anyways, uh, I'm in my pickup truck and I'm listening to Beamer. And I'm wondering about why, if if, the, if our government and the Canadian government were so cautious, I think it was more our government, so cautious about crossing the border where they shut it down for almost two years, why weren't they that cautious with the Mexican border? David, thanks for the call. By the way, my name is Brian Mazarowski. I've been talking with you for the last 40 minutes. Joe, uh, you'll hear a little bit more from him coming up at 10 o'clock. So uh, just me, just me here today. I, uh, l- when I tell you, it, it sounds bad to say that I've stopped asking questions, but I, I guess what I'm trying to get across here is the the moral of the story of the last 20 months is that I, I don't need to ask the questions anymore. I just know none of it makes sense. Right. You ask the question, you know, the answer to that question. Right. If you're asking the question and most people who call in and ask it, well, why this and not that deep in your head, you know, the answer and you know what I'm going to say to you. You know, it doesn't make sense at the end of it. So there's your answer. It doesn't make sense. And no one is caring to revisit it or explain it to you. And there's your answer. Let's head over to uh, Jim is in Hamburg. Now you're on WBEN. Jim, what's going on? 
and listening to your show, and you're absolutely right. You know, it's good for the goose. It's good for the gander. you got borders. It should be all the way around. Whatever they do in the south, they should do in the north. Okay, but in the southern, southern border, the only reason they want the millions of people to come across here is because the Democrats are going to say, hey, guess what? We let you in here. Now we can get, figure out how we can get you to vote. And guess what? Jim, Jim, I'm going to stop you right here. I, I actually didn't say that, that, you know, everything should be treated the same, that you're, you know, what you do on the south border, you should do on the north border. I, I think you can absolutely. I mean, am I crazy in thinking that you can absolutely make a different rule for your northern border and your southern border? What would be stopping you from doing that? Nothing. You're allowed to do that. You know, it's real simple. But that's the reason they want them all to come across the southern border so they can get more votes. They can't get votes out of Canada. But they can get votes out of all, all the immigrants that are coming across the southern border. And then they got leverage on them. And they say, guess what? We paid for this. We did this. Now you owe me. All you people have to vote for me. And that's what that's the whole leverage behind the whole deal. They don't care about them people. They never did care about those people. Look at all the drugs and the corruption and stuff down in Central America. You know? All right, Jim, appreciate the call. Getting off track there. I, you know, this is, I highly doubt. <laughs> You're not going to be able to, in my mind, draw any lines between people uh, coming across the southern border and the closure of the U.S.-Canadian border. It, ju- it doesn't <laughs> – you're, you're trying to draw that right, and it's, it's not quite working out, at least in my head. I, I just think the at the end of the day, what you have – if you're – it's almost like we can put the topic to bed. Not to say that people shouldn't keep pushing for answers. Because you don't want to completely forget about it. Or not to say that the topic shouldn't go away. But I guess just the the rationale behind it, it doesn't matter anymore. Because it happened, we've moved on, and... I think everyone can see it did not make sense, and there was no push to explain it to the American people, and that's that's all you need to know. That's all you need to know. At the end of the day, you know, just I mean, that's there's no explanation that can change it. No explanation they give now can reverse what was done over the last twenty months. So we have our answer. I think you can continue to remember that and what happened. But there's your answer. Impacts millions of people, businesses, families, you name it. Commerce in a lot of cases. Uh, But no justification given. On the uh, text board. On our other topic of the day, someone said tacos and pizza for the rest of my life. Hate to sway things in, you know, such a drastic 180. But I, I want to get to the bottom of this. Again, it drives me nuts. It drives my wife nuts about how I can eat the same thing every single day. I would be perfectly happy. I don't if I like something, whether that's pizza whether that is a plain salad. And yes, I do like plain salad. People think I'm strange all the time and I don't even put dressing on it or anything. I just eat the leaves. Throw a couple carrots in there, I'm fine. Plain spinach, I'll eat spinach like a bag of chips right out of the bag. Just open it up, crunch on some spinach. 
And I think if I was allowed to go about my business doing that, I think I'd be in tremendous shape. Think about me eating raw broccoli, spinach out of the bag all the time, unseasoned chicken, right? I'd be very good. The problem is my wife isn't cool with that. I think my son wouldn't notice. If I gave him like all those healthy things, I think he's a little too young for like leafy greens. I don't know what age you're supposed to start with that. But I, I would be totally happy going an entire week eating the same thing. My wife would not be. So now we have to mix it up. It's something new every single night. It does sometimes become a point of contention. She asks me, well, what do you want for dinner? And I'll say the same thing. I don't know, like chicken salad, a, a beef, uh, you know, a, th- a beef roast. You throw a chuck roast in the slow cooker, put some gravy on it. I'll just eat the, uh, eat the beef plain. I'll if she's not home. My favorite meal to uh, make myself is uh, I call it my beef bowl. I'll just take a pound of grass-fed ground beef. Nothing tastes better. And I'll cook it. And then maybe I'll put a little bit of seasoning on there. You know, sometimes some taco seasoning, sometimes a little bit of cheese, sometimes not. Maybe a little bit of hamburger spice on there, but sometimes just plain. And then I'll eat it with a spoon. And there's my dinner, just a pound of ground beef, nothing else. If I tried to pass that off and give it to my wife, she absolutely not. I, I do it when me and my son are just hanging out at home. It's beef time. We, he has no problem with it. Throw a little cheese on there for him, ground beef. He's loving it. I, so I don't think it's a me problem. I look at it more of as, as a her problem. But then I'm talking to Howard Simon here down the uh, road here, or down the hall, and he thinks I'm strange too. He says, oh, I need to mix it up. I need, uh, you know, variety and all this flavor and everything like that. I don't I, – I see no problem if you like something – why can't you eat it every day? I don't get sick of things like that. I'd say the only exception, he mentioned steak. You know, it's, oh, so you'd have steak every single night. Yes, I would, and I'd love it, but it would lose, like, the special occasion that you have. Like, steak, I make steak, and it's kind of an occasion. You know, I set it up. I get my material out. I get the pan out. I set the oven. I make my own steak sauce. It's a very thing. I set off the smoke detector. I, it's a whole, you know, ritual and tradition that would kind of get lost a little bit, the special nature of it. But as far as just eating it, yeah, I eat it every single day. I, it would never get old on me. I, things don't, I don't get sick of things. I think is what I'm trying to say. My wife is just constant change. She's always, but she's always, it's not just food. She's asking, can we change, like move the couch over here? How can we rearrange the living room? Is there any way we can sort the bedroom out just a little bit differently, move the bed over on this wall, put it here? I'm not that kind of person. No, I, don't, I really don't think there is, unfortunately. I'm just going to have to live with it. Oh, well. Um, just how, how I put it here, right, is how it is. And, but it's turning me the wrong way. Robbie Raw, a great uh, friend of the show, chiming in on our Volkswagen of Orchard Park text board, saying you eat what you crave, and you crave what you eat. It's a vicious cycle. And see, now this is true. So now I'm slipping into this problem. I mentioned I could be fine, and I've done this before, living alone. Before we had a kid and we were you know, making meals for the family more and we were more kind of on our own page making what we wanted to. 
I would just eat, you know, the plain stuff, cut out carbs, anything like that, unhealthy, no sweets, any, I could do it, no problem. But now we're mixing it up a little bit, and all of a sudden you mix in a couple of chips, and now, you know, I get home, I, hey, we got Cheez-Its there. I'm crushing a whole box of Cheez-Its when I get home. I, it happens over and over again. We have it in the house. Hey, we have this variety. I'm going to eat the variety. You know, a little bit of uh, you know, sweet sauce on the uh, chicken. Okay. I don't hate it. I don't need it, but I don't hate it. And if it's there, I'm going to eat it. And now look at me. Now I'm, you know, I'm struggling to run uh, three miles again. It's, uh, it's a vicious cycle. You're right, Robbie. Thank you for that. Someone else saying that I'm just plain weird. That aside, I know I'm weird just in general, but my food <laughs> issue is that weird. I guess I'm just, I'm a content person. I'm pretty easy to please. And the argument we have in our house is by me being easy to please, I'm actually harder to please because it doesn't jive with what the rest of the household wants. Although, like I said, I think my son, he would act like me if he had any say in the matter. Because you ask him, hey, do you want uh, some mac and cheese? Yes. Would you like some yogurt? Yes. How about some beef? Yes. Chicken? Yes. <laughs> it's always yes, yes, yes. Someone else saying I could eat chicken every single day. Now, here's the thing. I was talking about this with Howard. He said he could probably do that. But what I meant by saying that is I could eat the exact same type of chicken. I could eat a plain chicken that I baked in the oven every single day. And I used to do that, too. And he said, oh, wait, no way. Like, I could eat chicken, like sweet and sour chicken one day and then uh, chicken breast the next day and a chicken fingers or a wing the next day and have it switch up like that. No, I could eat the exact same chicken every single day. I would be totally content. I don't think that's all that weird. I think there's a lot more people out there like me. We don't need the variety, at least in the food. It's not with everything. We don't need the variety in the food. Uh, it doesn't seem like I'm getting backed up, though. <laughs> so it seems like everybody's kind of against me. Oh, well. We'll just, uh, my wife doesn't listen to me anyway, so we'll pretend. I'll, this, here's how the conversation will go, right? I'll go home. Tell her I brought it up on the show, said everyone agreed with me. She'll have no way of figuring it out that I was uh, actually wrong. Well, hey, thanks for uh, joining me this week. Joe is going to come up next. Uh, B. Madison Beamer, Go USA tonight. Let's do it. We'll be back next week on WBEN. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. 
Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.